0: sermon twelve part three commentary on the gospel of luke sermons twelve through twenty five by cyril of alexandria translated by r payne smith this librivox recording is in the public domain four thirty eight he entered into simon's house observe therefore how he who endured voluntary poverty for our sakes that we by his poverty might become rich lodged with one of his disciples a man poor and living in obscurity that we might learn to seek the company of the humble and not to boast ourselves over those in want and affliction jesus arrives at simon's house and finds his wife's mother sick of a fever and he stood and rebuked the fever and it left her now in what is said by matthew and mark that the fever left her there is no hint of any living thing as the active cause of the fever but in luke's phrase that he stood over her and rebuked the fever and it left her i do not know whether we are not compelled to say that that which was rebuked was some living thing unable to sustain the influence of him who rebuked it for it is not reasonable to rebuke a thing without life and unconscious of the rebuke nor is it anything astonishing for there to exist certain powers that inflict harm on the human body nor must we necessarily think evil of the soul of those who thus suffer for being harmed by these beings for neither when the devil obtained authority to tempt job by bodily torments and struck him with painful ulcers was job therefore to be found fault with for he manfully contended and nobly endured the blow god grant however that it be said if at any time we are tempted by bodily pains but touch not his soul the lord then by a rebuke heals those who are possessed He laid also his hands upon the sick one by one, and freed them from their malady, so demonstrating that the holy flesh, which he had made his own, and endowed with godlike power, possessed the active presence of the might of the word, intending us thereby to learn that though the only begotten word of God became like unto us, yet even so is he none the less God and able easily even by his own flesh to accomplish all things for by it as his instrument he wrought miracles nor is there any reason for great wonder at this but consider on the contrary how fire when placed in a brazen vessel communicates to it the power of producing the effects of heat so therefore the all-powerful Word of God also, having joined by a real union unto himself the living and intelligent temple taken from the Holy Virgin, endowed it with the power of actively exerting his own godlike might. To put to shame, therefore, the Jews, he says, If I do not the works of my Father, believe me not. But if I do, though ye believe not me, believe my works we may therefore see with the truth itself witnessing thereto that the only begotten gave not his glory as to a man taken separately and apart by himself and regarded as the woman's offspring but as being the one only son with the holy body united to him he wrought the miracles and is worshipped also by the creation as god he entered then into peter's house where a woman was lying stretched upon a bed exhausted with a violent fever and when he might as god have said put away the disease arise he adopted a different course of action for as a proof that his own flesh possessed the power of healing as being the flesh of god he touched her hand and forthwith it says the fever left her let us therefore also receive jesus for when he has entered into us and we have received him into mind and heart then he will quench the fever of unbefitting pleasures and raise us up and make us strong even in things spiritual so as for us to minister unto him by performing those things that please him but observe again i pray how great is the efficacy of the touch of his holy flesh for it both drives away diseases of various kinds and a crowd of demons and overthrows the power of the devil and heals a very great multitude of people in one moment of time and though able to perform these miracles by a word and the inclination of his will yet to teach us something useful for us he also lays his hands upon the sick for it was necessary most necessary for us to learn that the holy flesh which he had made his own was endowed with the activity of the power of the word by his having implanted in it a godlike might let it then take hold of us or rather let us take hold of it by the mystical giving of thanks THAT IT MAY FREE US ALSO FROM THE SICKNESSES OF THE SOUL, AND FROM THE ASSAULT AND VIOLENCE OF DEMONS. Four forty one, AND REBUKING THEM, HE SUFFERED THEM NOT TO SPEAK. HE WOULD NOT PERMIT THE UNCLEAN DEMONS TO CONFESS HIM, FOR IT WAS NOT FITTING FOR THEM TO USURP THE GLORY OF THE APOSTOLIC OFFICE, NOR WITH IMPURE TONGUE TO TALK OF THE MYSTERY OF CHRIST yea though they speak aught that is true let no one put credence in them for the light is not known by the aid of darkness as the disciple of christ teaches us where he says for what communion hath light with darkness or what consent hath christ with beliar and he saw two ships standing by the lake but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets let us admire the skillfulness of the method employed in making them a prey who were to make prey of the whole earth even the holy apostles who though themselves well skilled in fishing yet fell into christ's meshes THAT THEY ALSO, LETTING DOWN THE dragnet OF THE APOSTOLIC PREACHINGS, MIGHT GATHER UNTO HIM THE INHABITANTS OF THE WHOLE WORLD. FOR VERILY HE SOMEWHERE SAID BY ONE OF THE HOLY PROPHETS, BEHOLD, I SEND MANY FISHERS, SAITH THE LORD, AND THEY SHALL CATCH THEM AS FISH, AND AFTERWARDS I WILL SEND MANY HUNTERS, AND THEY SHALL HUNT THEM AS GAME by the fishers he means the holy apostles and by the hunters those who successively became the rulers and teachers of the holy churches and observe i pray that he not only preaches but also displays signs giving thereby pledges of his power and confirming his words by the display of miracles for after he had sufficiently conversed with the multitudes he returns to his usual mighty works and by means of their pursuits as fishers catches the disciples as fish that men may know that his will is almighty and that the creation ministers to his most godlike commands five four and when he had ceased speaking he said unto simon launch out into the deep as he had now taught them sufficiently and it was fitting also to add some divine work to his words for the benefit of the spectators he bade simon and his companions push off a little from the land and let down the net for a draught but they replied that they had been laboring the whole night and had caught nothing in the name however of christ they let down the net and immediately it was full of fish in order that by a visible fact and by a type and representation miraculously enacted they might be fully convinced that their labor would not be unrewarded nor the zeal fruitless which they displayed in spreading out the net of the gospel teaching for that most certainly they should catch within it the shoals of the heathen but observe this that neither simon nor his companions could draw the net to land and therefore being speechless from fright and astonishment for their wonder had made them mute they beckoned it says to their partners those, that is, who shared their labors in fishing, to come and help them in securing their prey. For many have taken part with the holy apostles in their labors, and still do so, especially such as search into the meaning of what is written in the holy gospels, and others besides them, even the pastors and teachers and rulers of the people, who are skilled in the doctrines of truth, for still is the net drawn while christ fills it and summons unto conversion those in the depths of the sea according to the scripture phrase those that is to say who live in the surge and waves of worldly things five eight and when simon peter saw it for this reason also peter carried back to the memory of his former sins trembles, and is afraid, and as being impure ventures not to receive him who is pure. And his fear was laudable, for he had been taught by the law to distinguish between the holy and the profane. 5.12. And behold a man full of leprosy. The faith, however, of him who drew near is worthy of all praise, for he testifies that the Emmanuel can successfully accomplish all things, and seeks deliverance by his godlike commands, although his malady was incurable, for leprosy will not yield to the skill of physicians. I see, however, he says, the unclean demons expelled by a godlike authority i see others set free from many diseases i recognize that such things are wrought by some divine and resistless force i see further that he is good and most ready to pity those who draw near unto him what therefore forbids his taking pity on me also and what is Christ's answer he confirms his faith and produces full assurance upon this very point for he accepts his petition and confesses that he is able and says i will be thou cleansed he grants him also the touch of his holy and all-powerful hand and immediately the leprosy departed from him and his affliction was at an end and in this join with me in wondering at christ thus exercising at the same time both a divine and a bodily power for it was a divine act so to will as for all that he willed to be present unto him but to stretch out the hand was a human act christ therefore is perceived to be one of both if as is the case the word was made flesh five fourteen and he charged him to tell no man even though the leper had been silent the very nature of the fact was enough to proclaim to all who knew him how great was his power who had wrought the cure. But he bids him tell no man. And why? That they who receive from God the gift of working cures may hereby learn not to look for the applause of those whom they have healed, nor indeed any one's praises whatsoever, lest they fall a prey unto pride of all vices the most disgraceful he purposely however bids the leper offer unto the priests the gift according to the law of moses for it was indeed confessedly his wish to put away the shadow and transform the types unto a spiritual service as the jews however because as yet they did not believe on him attached themselves to the commands of moses supposing their ancient customs to be still in force he gives leave to the leper to make the offering for a testimony unto them and what was his object in granting this permission it was because the jews using ever as a pretext their respect for the law and saying that the hierophant moses was the minister of a commandment from on high made it their endeavour to treat with contempt christ the saviour of us all they even said plainly we know that god spake unto moses but this man we know not whence he is IT WAS NECESSARY, THEREFORE, FOR THEM TO BE CONVINCED BY ACTUAL FACTS THAT THE MEASURE OF MOSES IS inferior TO THE GLORY OF CHRIST, FOR HE INDEED AS A SERVANT WAS FAITHFUL OVER HIS HOUSE, BUT THE OTHER AS A SON OVER HIS FATHER'S HOUSE. FROM THIS VERY HEALING, THEN, OF THE LEPER, WE MAY MOST PLAINLY SEE THAT CHRIST IS INCOMPARABLY SUPERIOR TO THE MOSAIC LAW. FOR Miriam, THE SISTER OF MOSES, WAS HERSELF STRUCK WITH LEPROSY FOR SPEAKING AGAINST HIM, AND AT THIS MOSES WAS GREATLY DISTRESSED. AND WHEN HE WAS UNABLE TO REMOVE THE DISEASE FROM THE WOMAN, HE FELL DOWN BEFORE GOD, SAYING, O GOD, I beseech THEE HEAL HER. OBSERVE THIS THEN CAREFULLY. ON THE ONE HAND THERE WAS A REQUEST. HE SOUGHT BY PRAYER TO OBTAIN MERCY FROM ABOVE. BUT THE SAVIOR OF ALL SPAKE WITH GOD-LIKE AUTHORITY, I WILL BE THOU CLEANSED. THE REMOVAL THEREFORE OF THE LEPROSY WAS A TESTIMONY TO THE PRIEST, AND BY IT THOSE WHO assign THE CHIEF RANK TO MOSES MAY KNOW THAT THEY ARE STRAYING FROM THE TRUTH. FOR IT WAS FITTING, EVEN HIGHLY FITTING, to regard moses with admiration as a minister of the law and servant of the grace that was spoken of angels but far greater must be our admiration of the emmanuel and the glory we render him as very son of god the father and whoever will may see the profound and mighty mystery of christ written for our benefit in leviticus for the law of moses declares the leper defiled and gives orders for him to be put out of the camp as unclean but should the malady ever be alleviated it commands that he should then be capable of readmission moreover it clearly specifies the manner in which he is to be pronounced clean thus saying This is the law of the leper, on whatsoever day he shall have been cleansed, and shall be brought unto the priest. And the priest shall go out of the camp, and the priest shall see him. And behold, the touch of the leprosy is healed from the leper. And the high priest shall command, and they shall take for him who is cleansed two living clean birds. And the high priest shall command, and they shall kill the one into an earthen vessel over living water. And he shall take the living bird, and dip it into the blood of the bird that was killed over the living water, and shall sprinkle it seven times over the man cleansed of the leprosy. And he shall be cleansed, and he shall send away the living bird into the field. The birds, then, are two in number, both without stain, that is clean and liable to no fault on the part of the law and the one of them is slain over living water but the other being saved from slaughter and further baptized in the blood of that which died is let loose this type then represents to us the great and adorable mystery of our saviour for the word was from above even from the father from heaven for which reason he is very fitly compared to a bird for though he came down for the dispensation's sake to bear our likeness and took the form of a slave yet even so he was from above yea he even when speaking to the jews said so plainly ye are from beneath i am from above and again no one hath ascended up into heaven but the son of man that came down from heaven as therefore i just now said even when he became flesh that is perfect man he was not earthy not made of clay as we are but heavenly and superior to things worldly in respect of that wherein he is perceived to be god we may see then in the birds offered at the cleansing of the leper, Christ suffering indeed in the flesh, according to the scriptures, but remaining also beyond the power of suffering, and dying in his human nature, but living in his divine. For the word is life. Yea, too, the very wise disciple said, that he was put to death in the flesh, but made to live in the spirit but though the word could not possibly admit the suffering of death into his own nature yet he appropriates to himself that which his flesh suffered for the living bird was baptized in the blood of the dead one and thus stained with blood and all but made partaker of the passion it was sent forth into the wilderness and so did the only-begotten word of god return unto the heavens with the flesh united unto him and strange was the sight in heaven yea the throng of angels marvelled when they saw in form like unto us the king of earth and lord of might moreover they said who is this that cometh from edom meaning thereby the earth the redness of his garments is from bosar the interpretation of which is flesh as being a narrowing and pressing then too they inquired are such the wounds in the middle of thy hands and he answered with these was i wounded in the house of my beloved for just as after his return to life from the dead when showing with most wise purpose his hands unto thomas he bade him handle both the prints of the nails and the holes bored in his side so also when arrived in heaven he gave full proof to the holy angels that israel was justly cast out and fallen from being of his family for this reason he showed his garments stained with blood and the wounds in his hands and not as though he could not put them away For when he rose from the dead, he put off corruption, and with it all its marks and attributes. He retained them, therefore, that the manifold wisdom of God, which he wrought in Christ, might now be made known by the church, according to the plan of salvation, to principalities and powers. But perhaps someone will say, How can you affirm that Jesus Christ is one and the same Son and Lord when there were two birds offered? Does not the law very plainly hereby show that there are certainly two sons and Christ? Yes, verily, men have ere now been brought to such a pitch of impiety as both to think and say that the word of God the Father is one Christ separately by himself, and that he who is of the seed of David is another. But we reply to those who, in their ignorance, imagine such to be the case, what the divine Paul writes one Lord, one faith, one baptism. If, therefore, they affirm that there are two sons, necessarily there must be two lords, and two faiths, and the same number of baptisms, and therefore, though he has christ speaking within him as he himself affirms yet will his teaching be false but this cannot be away with such a thought we therefore acknowledge one lord even the only begotten incarnate word of god not putting apart the manhood and the godhead but earnestly affirming that the word of god the father himself became man while continuing to be god and next let those who hold a contrary opinion be the speakers if they say there are two sons one specially the seed of david and the other again separately the word of god the father must not the word of god the father be superior in nature to him of the seed of david what then shall we do in seeing the two birds not distinct in nature from one another, but, on the contrary, of the same kind, and in no point, as regards specific difference, unlike one another. But they gain nothing by their argument. For great is the distance between the Godhead and the manhood, and in the explanation of examples we are to understand them according to their fitting analogy, for they fall short of the truth, and often effect but a partial demonstration of the things signified by them we say moreover that the law was a sort of shadow and type and a painting as it were setting things forth before the view of the spectators but in the pictorial art the shadows are the foundations for the colours and when the bright hues of the colours have been laid upon them then at length The beauty of the painting will flash forth and in like manner since it was fitting for the law of moses to delineate clearly the mystery of christ it does not manifest him as both dying and at the same time living in one and the same bird lest what was done should have the look of a theatrical juggle but it contained him as suffering slaughter in the one bird and in the other displayed the same christ as alive and set free but i will endeavour to show that my argument here does not go beyond the bounds of probability by means of another history for were any one of our community to wish to see the history of abraham depicted as in a painting how would the artist represent him as doing everything at once or as in turn and variously acting in many different modes, though all the while the same one person. I mean, for instance, as at one time sitting upon the ass with the lad accompanying him, and the servants following behind. Then again the ass left with the servants, Isaac laden with the wood, and himself carrying in his hands the knife and the fire. Then in another compartment, the same Abraham in a very different attitude, with the lad bound upon the wood, and his right hand armed with the knife ready to strike the blow. Yet it would not be a different Abraham in each place, though represented in very many different forms in the painting, but one and the same everywhere, the painter's art conforming itself constantly to the requirements of the things to be represented for it would be impossible in one representation to see him performing all the above-mentioned acts. So therefore the law was a painting and type of things travelling with truth, and therefore even though there were two birds, yet was he who was represented in both but one, as suffering and free from suffering, as dying and superior to death, AND MOUNTING UP UNTO HEAVEN AS A SORT OF SECOND FIRST FRUITS OF HUMAN NATURE RENEWED UNTO INCORRUPTION. FOR HE HAS MADE A NEW PATHWAY FOR US UNTO THAT WHICH IS ABOVE, AND WE IN DUE TIME SHALL FOLLOW HIM. THAT THE ONE BIRD THEN WAS slain, AND THAT THE OTHER WAS BAPTIZED INDEED IN ITS BLOOD, WHILE ITSELF EXEMPT FROM SLAUGHTER. Typified what was really to happen. For Christ died in our stead, and we who have been baptized into his death, he has saved by his own blood. End of Sermon Twelve, Part Three.